It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After you're done listening to today's Locked On Washington football team podcast, check out our live fantasy show. If you have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft, don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August the 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. That's coming soon. Streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss out on all the action. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live or submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harris and he is Chris Russell. We are your hosts of this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the podcast, leave a rating, leave a review. You can also find Chris over at the team 983, 7 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday with Pete Methurst on the Russell and Methurst show and podcast. Find that also on Odyssey. You can also find this show on Odyssey. On Twitter, Chris is at RussellMania621. I am at DHarris82. The show is at LockedWFTPod. Of course, you guys already know by now, the Washington football team played a preseason game, losing to the New England Patriots, but a lot of guys were able to go out there and put some things on film. Some guys no longer with the team, guys like Calvin Harmon, Lamar Miller, which we talked about yesterday, them being released and what that means for the team and for players like De'Ami Brown, Jared Patterson, so on and so forth. So if you didn't hear that, check that episode out again. That dropped on Monday. But Chris, we all know it. Whenever players play, People judge them. Fans judge them. Media judge them. Coaches judge them because the coaches give them grades as well. PFF also does grades pro football focus. Their grades are pretty famous, even though a lot of people don't like them or love to hate them. But there they are. And we have grades from Thursday night's preseason action. Yeah. So I, one thing I would just point out, if you think PFF and and now I'm not saying you specifically, David, I know a lot of people in the media and a lot yeah. of fans disagree or, or what have you or don't understand. You probably wouldn't understand the coaching staff grades either. And you'd probably think the coaching staff grades were too harsh as well. Because remember, they're looking for specific things that a lot of fans and box scores and highlights aren't looking for. So I'll just say that. Um, So I wanted to start off with the top five offensive grades from PFF. Uh, Again, just one preseason game and get your reaction. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the highest-graded Washington football team offensive player at a 91.4 out of 100. Does that surprise you? Uh, I mean, I don't know that it surprises me just because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he looked calm. He looked like he was in control. Everything that Ron Rivera was asking for, he basically gave it to him in that one drive. And then given the consideration of how little they've actually had to work with each other, uh, again, the, the, the biggest question with PFF grades is always going to be how the algorithm accounts for situational uh, football in context, right? So it, are they do they grade easier in the preseason because it's preseason than new quarterbacks? Do so they get a little bit of a bell curve because they're new to other teams? Those are things that I can't answer, but I mean – being the highest graded, I would have probably, if you put, if I had to put money on it at betonline.ag, I would have probably bet Terry McLaurin, but Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been the second choice. 
No, I like that Terry McLaurin one, and actually we'll get to him in a second. I would just say this. I was a little surprised because while Ryan had the big completion to McLaurin uh, that we talked about and, and and part of the reason why, you know, you ranked him as high as you did, and, and I agree, by the way, I thought he was, was outstanding in the limited time that he played. Um, there was a bad throw that Ryan Fitzpatrick made that almost – was an interception or, I mean, it came very close and it was a very dangerous tight window throw. And I think it was um, JC Johnson, uh, I believe that knocked it away uh, for new England. And it could have, could have been uh, a pick if it was just, mm, just a slight bit off. Sam Cosme was number two, David uh, overall for the offense at 81, eight over 100. He was the top graded offensive lineman, obviously, and amongst tackles in the NFL that played on Thursday night. Now, this is Thursday night, uh, and there was just two games. Uh, again, he was the highest-graded tackle um, in his debut. Now, I, again, like I didn't think he was unbelievably dominant, but I thought he was good. Logan Thomas, who caught that back shoulder throw um, from Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, and then contributed, obviously, elsewhere, had an 80 out of 100. Uh, he had a 59-6 in run blocking, which is still an area that, obviously, he continues uh, to work right. on. Terry McLaurin, who you'd mentioned, fourth highest offensive grade at 77.5 uh, out of 100. Want to take a guess who number five was? Not, It's not who I would have thought it was, to be honest with you. Okay. All right, so you've seen yeah. <laughs> uh, you've seen the name, so it's not a I mean, fair question. I might have gone with Bates. I thought Bates did pretty well for himself. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know what his grade is at, but I thought Bates did pretty well, but I definitely would not have predicted uh, this young fella. Yeah, I thought Bates had himself a, a, a nice day, but Steven Montez yeah. uh, was rounding out the top five offensive grades at 77.3. Now, I, I think we'd all agree, right? I mean, a lot of that was that final drop mm -hmm. in which he actually was good, right? Uh, he had the one interception that gets batted up into the air. I think that was because pressure comes right at him mm -hmm. and he stares down the gun barrel and he doesn't get fully into it. Um, look, there were a couple of other errant throws. I don't know what you would expect out of Steven Montez. He's a fourth quarterback for a reason. The bottom line is, is I think that final drive obviously helps him. And don't forget, he put that ball for the two-point conversion no. to Antonio Gandy-Golden, really the only place you could put yeah. it. So give him credit uh, for that. The five lowest, I'll go through this quickly because I know we're running a little tight on time. Tamara Hemingway, mm -hmm. a 32.9 out of 100 mm -hmm. and a 4.1 out of 100 in pass blocking. We talked about him, uh, I think, after the game or maybe on yesterday's episode. Uh, he's in concussion protocol uh, bad time for Tameric Hemingway to go south because he was looking like he was going to be on this roster. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah. Second lowest grade was Charles Leno Jr. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought he really struggled against Matthew Judon and so did PFF. Again, 37-4 out of 100 and a 16.7 passing grade. Then there was Antonio Gandy-Golden. He was third lowest, 42.8. Yeah. DeAndre Carter, Fourth lowest, a 43.1 out of 100. And Keith Ismael, backup interior center, law offensive lineman, 49.9 uh, out of 100. Uh, real quickly on the defense, David, Chase Young, number one. No surprise there, yeah, right? No, absolutely not. Uh, 88.2 out of 100. Uh, then two through five goes Kalik Hudson, Daniel Wise, Tim Settle, 
and David Mayo. Anything uh, stand out to you there? No, I, I know. You know, I noticed him settle a little bit as well on Thursday night. So I'm glad to see that he's on that list. Um, I still, I don't know if I'll ever get over calling Kalik Hudson, Kaliki Hudson, because I think everybody outside of Washington calls him that. Um, and I just, I always dug it, you know what I mean? Talking about it from the outside looking right. in. So I'm glad to see that he had a good day as well. Um, I thought Jamin Davis played pretty well. So I'm, I'm a little surprised to see him not crack the top five, but you know, a lot of good performances on the defense. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to, to crack that top five echelon when you're, when you're surrounded by so many guys doing good things. Well, it's interesting that you say that because PFF disagrees with you. They had him as the second lowest Mm. graded Washington football defensive player. Second lowest with only a 31-5 on 20 snaps out of 100, a 45-7 run defense and a 42.2 in coverage. I got to admit, I was a little bit disappointed, uh, you know, by the lack of impact. But again, first NFL game, you know, still trying to figure out everything. They're rotating in guys. You know, Bostic is calling some of the plays. He is. He's trying to learn, you know, Mike and Will and and, and all of that. I'm not going to go crazy. He did have a big goal line interception off of Ryan Fitzpatrick on Sunday morning. And then quickly, the bottom five rounding it out. Daryl Roberts, the slot corner veteran. Cole Luke, who missed a big tackle in the 91-yard run. Mm -hmm. uh, And Derek Forrest, who had a special teams penalty. Yeah, I mean, with with Jamin Davis specifically, I mean, we talked about this before the game, right? I wanted to see Jamin playing confident, playing fast, making decisions and go with them. That's what I saw on Thursday night, and that's what I wanted to see from That's where these grades, you know, again, everybody's in a grade a little bit different. For me, a first-round draft pick in his first live action, I was happy to see the determination, the click and close, the decision-making. There were a lot of missed tackles, a lot of sloppy plays. Uh, on, on the defense specifically, especially once you got into the depth. Jamin Davis was a part of that too, and, and PFF probably holding him more accountable for those than maybe I would on his first time out. So that's fair. Um, we'll see how he does on the second second time or his second time out. And, and like you said, doing some good things in practice on Monday. Yeah, totally understand. Uh, coming up here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast, we'll go over some practice notes uh, that I've compiled and that we tweeted out uh, at LockWFTPod is how you can see many of them at WrestleMania621 for some others. Uh, and we will go over them and what I've observed from field level at the Anova Sports Performance Center the last two days post New England and pre Cincinnati. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Whether you're still betting on baseball, which is still in full swing, or you're getting going on your NFL prop bets and matchup bets. Get all the odds and info for all your sporting needs, including NBA when it comes back, hockey when that's around, UFC, MMA action when possible. Before the next contest, head over to betonline.ag. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Again, that website, betonline.ag. Sign up today. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
All right, David, we welcome you guys back uh, for the second segment of our Locked on Washington football team podcast, midweek edition. Uh, we appreciate you guys being with us as always. So uh, I was at practice on Sunday and Monday. Uh, I will be at practice. Uh, we, we dropped this episode on Tuesday. I'll be at practice later on uh, this morning, uh, depending on when you are listening to this Tuesday morning. Uh, so we'll get a good look at what this team is looking like. Again, post-New England, pre-Cincinnati, the Bengals come in on Friday night uh, to FedEx Field. Um, so the quarterback's, We touched on this in the last episode, but we didn't have a lot of time to expand on it because of all the roster moves. The quarterbacks were awful on Sunday, all of them. On Monday, I would say Ryan Fitzpatrick, while he did have an interception in the front pin corner of the end zone, which was just a tremendous play by rookie Benjamin St. Juiced, he was much, 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 uh, you know, he was like he was on Sunday. He was the best of of a bad bunch. Um, but he was better, I think, on Monday overall than he was on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and specifically in a two-minute drill, they ran the offense and they hit a deep post to Deami Brown against William Jackson the third. And Deami Brown just regularly gets behind defensive backs. So that's all there is to it. Either that or William Jackson is really struggling uh, because he gets past him a lot. Uh, yeah. And Ryan hit him in stride for, again, a deep post over the middle. That would have been a practice touchdown. You know, they basically re-spotted the ball inside the five-yard line. And then on two consecutive throws, Ryan hit Adam Humphreys on a third and one situation, short middle, a little hook in. uh, And then Adam Humphreys cleared out on a little pick rub route for Logan Thomas, who basically diagonally crossed with him, you know, basically like a little scissors type combination route. And Logan Thomas was of course wide open uh, because of the clear out by Adam Humphreys. So Humphreys really helping pace to uh, two plays that set up the touchdown or the practice touchdown, let's call it uh, on Sunday and on Monday. And that's how Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of wrapped up practice, which is good because, you know, as we talked about, and I, I know it's unfair to everybody that doesn't get to see it, David, but boy, Taylor Heineke has been really struggling, uh, you know, again of late. I, I guess I would ask it this way. Do you just chalk it up to he's maybe not a great practice player and he shines a little bit more in games? Or is this something to be concerned about being that Fitz has always been up and down roller coaster like? And right now, Heineke is number two. I mean, I think it, it, it's a, it's a difficult prospect, right? Because a lot of people saw what Taylor Heineke was able to do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they kind of ran with it as you know this idea that Taylor Heineke could be you know the next kind of surprise quarterback to come out of nowhere and become a starter in the National Football League. And th- there's nothing that necessarily says he couldn't be you know possibly uh, uh, capable of such a such a Cinderella type story coming from you know being a college student studying math equations to all of a sudden leading an NFL franchise as a quarterback after all these years. But the, the, the traditional line is, is going to show you that basically you're, you're talking about one, you're talking about defense with the Buccaneers that was banged up and missing some very key players, especially right up the middle of the defense, which is always hard to, to deal with. But then you're also talking about quarterback that really not a lot of people had film on and not a lot to study from to on what they could expect. And then you couple it with the fact that, 
Uh, the Buccaneers struggled with mobile quarterbacks really all year long anyway, uh, to varying levels of degrees. Even Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Green Bay Packers early on in the season gave them some problems. Uh, it gave that defense a little bit of problem because of his mobility. So, I mean, those three things kind of combined kind of give you that that image of what you saw in the wild card game. Now, again, you I say that with a little bit of hesitation because I don't want to take away from what Taylor Heineke accomplished. He played a very good game. He really gutted out some things, especially through uh, getting banged up and everything. And, and you know, it, it was a great performance. I don't want to take that away from him at all. But that does not translate to being the starting quarterback for an NFL offense that's going to have to face multiple different types of defenses, multiple different types of reads, prepare for more than just one game. And I think what you're seeing is the fact that Taylor Heineke, he does what he does very well. And there are a lot of things in in the, in the quarterback, you know, uh, playbook that you need to be able to do to lead a team that he doesn't necessarily do as well. Some of that is experience. Some of that's going to be limitation on capability, football IQ, stuff like that. But it just kind of, at the end of the day, he just kind of is what he is. He's, he's, a, he's a solid to maybe slightly above average quarterback in the National Football League, which means you carve out a very good backup role, be a spot starter, and all that stuff, but he's not a guy you want to hang your franchise on when you're trying to make the playoffs and make a serious push in the National Football League, which is why Washington went out and they went and got a veteran quarterback that they felt like was the best of the options available, right? They went after Matt Stafford. They tried to do some other things as well, but they end up with a guy that they think is kind of the best option out of what's available, hoping that, hey, if the Cinderella story comes true and Taylor Heineke comes in, balls out, goes lights out, then, hey, they they win anyway, but they hedge their bets and they have somebody to rely on. So, I mean, I think he he obviously plays better than he practices, but at the same time, practice is a lot of times where you kind of instill confidence in your teammates and confidence in your receivers that the ball is going to be where it needs to be. So they they kind of go hand in hand as well. Yeah, um, and, and and you know, and, and it's it's a hard thing to figure out, right? I mean, I mean, ultimately though, uh, a lot of coaches use that practice tape and say, yeah. you know, if you don't practice well, you're not going to play well. Uh, some guys are different, like you said. So it'll be interesting to see how this staff moves forward. I don't know right now if they have another choice, to be honest with you, because Kyle Allen is just coming back from the ankle re-injury, yeah. uh, and he's been rusty uh, as well. And we know Stephen Montez is not a regular season NFL quarterback at this point. Right. Real quickly, I just want to salute the offense practice ended on Monday with a Kyle Allen interception on an overthrow uh, to Danny Johnson. Danny Johnson's made, I think he's had three uh, interceptions in the last week or so of practices and they didn't even practice many of those days. I think it's three out of the last four practices. Um, And David Bada had a pass knock Mm -hmm. up, if you will, uh, that wound up in Tory McTire's arms. Uh, he had a nut. So for another interception, uh, and he had one on Sunday as well. Mm -hmm. I mentioned the Jamin Davis one, Jimmy Moreland had one on Sunday. Uh, Troy Apke has had several pass breakups. Um, you know, the, uh, just today, uh, quite honestly, uh, I should say Monday, uh, yeah, Monday's practice. (laughs) Sorry. I'm getting my days, uh, confused. And, you know, one thing I, I would just say, I mean, we mentioned the St. Juice, like like it's great to see the defense generating turnovers because, you know, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, all over the place, if the offense for whatever reason is not as good as some of us are hoping it will be, there's one way to make your defense really, really good. And, and it's, you know, deep talent, yes, and, and stats and all that, but turnovers and creating turnovers yeah. is the ultimate equalizer and will carry you a lot further 
than, you know, say being a top five yardage allowed defense, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I, I think that's an encouraging sign. It also could be a worrisome sign about the quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, and the offense. So we'll uh, we'll kind of leave it at that. I mean, just just know that we're trying to watch everything. And again, what we don't get to on the show, we're tweeting about uh, and uh, trying to get you guys the information as best we possibly can. All right, David, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to store uh, to stock rather all the parts you need. So why go there? Why go anywhere when you can sit on your couch, at your kitchen table, in your bed, wherever you want, and you can fire up rockauto.com and get whatever you need. You're going to save time because you're not leaving your house. You're going to save money because Rock Auto is giving you the best and most competitive prices, and they're not charging you more for overhead and charging their buddy, the mechanic down the street who buys in bulk and volume less. Nope, they're going to treat you the same across the board. RockAuto.com, family business, serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. They have whatever you need. Go to RockAuto.com and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? But is it really that surprising because the game is rigged against you? You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. Really, you don't stand a chance. Introducing now Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player, that's you, in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner, take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. Go to stathero.com slash locked on to sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go So go to stathero.com slash locked on to play the newest way to play fantasy football or fantasy sports. Stathero.com slash locked on. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison82 at Russellmania621 at Pod. And Chris, you know, practice is going on. Preseason games will continue to come. We'll continue to analyze uh, players and then talk about the ones that don't survive the roster cuts. Uh, but we know some guys are going to survive the roster cuts. And specifically, you got guys like Brandon Scherf, Chase Young, Ryan Fitzpatrick, probably not going to land on the waiver wire any given time because they're vested veterans. We kind of know what to expect of them. Not all of them, however, are the cream of the crop in the National Football League. That is reserved. That title is reserved for only a handful or a small a small amount of players, usually per team. Uh, and the NFL has an annual tradition, the NFL Top 100, which airs on NFL Network. Uh, they revealed what was it, number 41 to number 100 on uh, Monday night or on Sunday night, rather. And two Washington football team members making that list, Chase Young and Brandon Scherf. Uh, Chris... Last year, Levante David, Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker, was number 100. So he was the lowest player that I covered on this list this year. Brandon Scherf, number 98, is the lowest player that I cover on this list. What do you think about Brandon Scherf's uh, spot on the on the list there in 2021? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of expected it. I mean, that's about where I would put him. I mean, again, I've I've said this forever about Brandon Scherf. I think he's 
I think he's good to very good. I do not think he's elite or dominant. And, and I know others feel differently, um, you know, and obviously the, the organization is kind of stuck in this situation of where they're paying him a hefty toll and a hefty price, but they're not willing to make what the long-term commitment at Brandon Sheriff's price or at the price that's even comfortable for either side because they've had two years to deal with this and have not addressed it or have not even come close to, to, to fully addressing it. So I, I think... You know, quite honestly, again, I think Brandon Sheriff is good to very good. Uh, there's times, there's snaps, there's reps where he's dominant. Um, but this is, to me, a fair rating, right? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised if he was out. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was a little bit higher, but I have no problem with it. I'm curious in your thoughts on Chase Young. Just one year, and his first half was clearly hampered by injury and slowed down. But number 61, while it doesn't sound lofty, I think that is a pretty good tip of the cap to Chase Young, the former Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah, I mean, 61 is a good rating. And I mean, like and like you said, your first year on the list, you know, going from unranked as a rookie, obviously, uh, to to being the 61st overall player in the entire National Football League. That's that's quite the tip of the cap from NFL players, coaches, you know, personnel who vote for for this list. And, and I mean, he, he looked really good. A lot of times he looked very disruptive. Uh, obviously a lot of people kind of talked about how much does he do it consistently, uh, you know, things like that. But I think that the voters are probably going to give him a lot of credit for just what he does individually while the detractors are going to speak to it. And, and it's going to be looked at as kind of a team effort on the, on the downside, if you want to call it the downside of the whole thing. But I mean, when you're the NFL defensive rookie of the year, uh, it, you're, you're going to gain a lot of a lot of attention when you're the number two overall pick, the number one defensive guy in your class. You're gonna it's just going to continue to stack on. So 61, I think it's a good I think it's a good number for him. I think it's a good place to be this year. I don't think it applies too much pressure to him or, or show that there's like too high of an expectation. And next year, I think he probably he probably crack uh, crack the top 50 if if he has a really good year. I mean, if he can do what he did in the preseason game. He can extrapolate that over the course of a game and over the course of 17 games, he's going to have one heck of a year. And uh, you're definitely looking at one of the top defensive players in the NFL at the end of the season. No doubt. And real quick, do you expect anybody to be above Chase? Meaning uh, we already know through 40. Anybody in the top 40? Uh, No, I don't. I mean, I would would love to see a guy like Terry McLaurin on this list. I think, you know, Brandon Scherf's 98, Chase Young is 61. Terry probably mm-hmm. they don't really go and disclose this kind of stuff, but Terry was probably like, I don't know, 125, 130, maybe, maybe even lower than that. Maybe I'm a little too high on Terry compared to everybody else. Well, I, I think I think your number is yeah. fair. I was thinking maybe even a little closer to 100, yeah. to be honest. But with you. but I could be wrong. But too. if he can, you know, if he can benefit from the addition of Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Deami Brown, Logan Thomas, you know, taking another step forward, hopefully John Bates, maybe uh, contributing Antonio Gibson, being healthy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he can benefit from all those things and continue to step forward as a leader the way that he has, I think you're looking at at least three members of this Washington football team on the list next year. Jonathan Allen, too, if he takes another step forward, you know what I mean, and goes and shows the rest of the world that he's worth that contract, uh, you could be looking at him as well. And look, uh, yeah, I know that some of our listeners hate hearing me say this kind of stuff, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year had, I think, three, three players on the top 100 uh, coming into the season. And now that they won a Super Bowl, they've got at least seven or eight. Uh, depending on right. how the, the rest of the list goes. So, I mean, 
you know, those, those things can happen. And really it's just, it's just about going out there and showing everybody that you're living up to your potential. So, uh, Terry McLaurin and Jonathan Allen, two names specifically that I think you can look forward to seeing on this list next year, if they do in fact reach the heights we expect them to yeah, this year. No doubt. Uh, I think, uh, I think there'll be a lot more next year. I agree. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us, but you guys know this, Betting on professional pigskin doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, if you have a question or a voicemail for us, please do join us and dial up 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. Or if you want to do the email route, it's LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. That's LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for us. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks, as always, for listening and subscribing and being a part of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.